Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. This is Dum Dum, the show about the reality docky drama that has centered on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the tug of love pet that is Royfield Brown, and with me I have the snarling old alley cat that is. Lucy Freeman. And the last part of Peggy's menagerie, folks, is you. Now, this week's Dumpty Dum comes from Dr. Nicola Headlam and her mum. Hello, Doc. Uh, well well done, Doc, Doc and mum. Uh, now, Luce, mm-hmm. if somebody would like to join Dr. Nicola Headlam and their mother and sing in a Dumpty sing, you know, sing a Dumpty Dum, hum one, kind of maybe, you know, tap one on a, on a, on a guitar or on a banjo, um, how can they do that? If you would like to sing us a Dumpty Dum, leave us a plot prediction or smash Darrington at the cricket by getting Anisha to remove the eyes of the opposing team with a hot teaspoon, Yay. then call us on 02030313105 or leave us a message on SpeakPipe, which apparently may not be working, but give it a go anyway. Um, thanks to Cosmo for his podcast roundups and for doing the Dumpty Dogs shed code for sponsoring us, Shambridges for the voices and to Derek for the loan of the back bedroom. Uh, Derek has been trying to get fit for summer. Emma recommended pole dancing, so he signed up, uh, but then found himself in a close embrace with a gentleman called Luca from Gdansk. Ooh, great <laughs> reference to a, a wonderful city on the Baltic coast there, Lucy. Well done. <laughs> That's what I was going for, the great reference for the Baltic city. Yeah. Um, uh, also, mm-hmm. Harriet, lovely Harriet, who's Shambridges, who does our voices, yes. is in John Cleese's show. Stop Ooh. it. She is. She. It's on the. It's in. I think it was on last week, but you can get it on Listen Again. Um, and it's John Cleese's sort of uh, where he reads bits of his memoirs. And Harriet is on playing the producer, and she's very good, as she always is. Well, did she channel in a bit of uh, in a Linda Snell, or is she doing a Clary or a Susan? She's more Kate actually than anything. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Gosh. Not in voice, just in personality. Character. Smashing. What a talented woman she is. She gets about, doesn't she? You get about on the BBC as well, don't you? No. I just do the same thing all the time. (laughs) Sounds rather a lot like me. On this week's episode, we have calls from Abby, who thinks that the Fair Brethren 
were made in Chelsea. Oh, it's a dreadful show that is. Um, Nicola Headlam, who says, Keep death on the roads, uh, Claire Asprey, the woman of many talents, who says Rex needs to learn from Pip Witherspoon, who says Rex is an enabler. That's that's a bit harsh. Surely he's just his brother. But anyway, but first, before the caller in is, before I say to Lucy off my loose, I can't remember one thing that happened in the Archers <laughs> this week. It's Lucy V. Freeman's week in Ambridge. In a week in which the Archers got properly intertextual and we finally saw Brian in a tabard. We began it with Bert and Rex dancing around Toby's mess, according to Bert. (laughs) What goes on in that cottage? (laughs) As part of Kate's work, essential to the profits of home farm, as she pointed out at the family punch-up, Spiritual Home is doing an ear candling workshop. Kate doesn't really have much (laughs) idea about anatomy. She had a sick day during that bit of her course after she drank some essential oils in an effort to spiralise her yoni. So people attending the candling workshop were a little surprised when she asked them to drop their trousers. Pip confessed to Tom that she'd given all the cows clap. He was a bit sniffy with her, but then decided to give her some advice. Namely... I should do what Morris the Butcher told me to do in between stuffing sausages and building a life-size replica of Sheffield Town Hall out of matchsticks, namely that some people aren't made to be happy. So just give it up, keep quiet and keep working till you die. It's a harsh message, but one I feel Pip should follow. (sighs) Then we all headed over to the cricket. Harassment, who was supposed to be dealing with a car crash on the bypass, was instead fretting about the cricket tea. He stepped over the bleeding casualty and chatted away about stumps leaning on the bridge over the bypass. I'll tell you what, I do not know what harassment has got on the chief constable of Borchester, but not since the West Midlands police in the 80s have I seen a more useless police officer. He was supposed to be patrolling the high street, but spent the entire time chuntering away to Anisha while jewellery shops were robbed left, right and centre by a gang on skateboards, who then all whisked <laughs> past him and he said, mind how you go, lads. He couldn't even find the bunting for crying out loud. He seems to get back from work at five o'clock in the afternoon and regularly pops up in the bull at lunchtime. He's like Dixon of Doc Green without the grit. The Aldridges trotted <laughs> off speed watch. They spent the afternoon with Linda leaping out at them from behind an easel while waving a hairdryer. Boring Stan was supposed to be doing the session, but Harrisman had been longing to have a go with the speed gun, so he bribed Stan with a bag of licorice bootlaces to pretend to be ill so that Harrisman could go pew, pew, pew. Matt bought Lillian <laughs> back a China Shepherd and Shepherdess that he'd half inched the year before. I never had Lillian down as a China Shepherdess sort of woman. I thought of her more along China leopards wearing diamond collars sort of thing. Anyway, she took them. If I was her, I'd be checking to see what's been stashed inside. Jolene is back from the dead or the bathroom or wherever she's been. We spent an enjoyable 10 minutes looking for Mr. Jones, who wasn't there. He'd gone off with Barry. So that's one cliffhanger dealt with anyway. Over at Grange Farm... Eddie was greasing his ferret. No, that is not a euphemism. He didn't even have his computer on. Then Joe borrowed the ferret claw clippers so that Clary could have a bash at his toenails. Honestly, scriptwriters, you lull us into a false sense of security sometimes about the Grundies and then suddenly include something that makes Joe sound like Father Jack. Ass, feck, ferrets. Anyway, (laughs) I think clippers are a bit optimistic for Joe's tootsies. If I was Clary, I'd take him to Chris Carter and get him shod. 
Oh, I'm causing so many problems, droned St. Pip the Holy Martyr. Just by being alive, I'm such a nuisance. I think it's best if I move out of Brookfield and nestle in the slurry pit while you all kick me. <laughs> Toby messed up his last batch of gin by contaminating it with funny botanicals. I think funny botanicals means I weed in it. Rex cantered to the rescue and insisted they did another batch. Why do I always have to clear up your messes, Toby? Demanded Rex, conveniently forgetting that Toby hadn't actually asked him to and had, in fact, hauled Toby out of bed and frog-marched him over to Hollow Tree while shouting at him. David trotted over to the bull to see Kenton. All right, Dave? Pint of Shires? Cheese sandwich? No. £13,000, please. <laughs> Frisps? Auntie Piggy was dropped at Febreze at Felpersham's and emerged with a shiny new pussy. I have no idea how much he charges for that. And Alice and Adam had a my job is worse than your job conversation. No, Adam, sometimes I like have to be at work by 11. Well, farming's really repetitive, Alice. You do the ploughing and then 12 months later you have to do it all over again. This <laughs> made me hopping mad. I had a job doing data entry and all I did was put the same three figures into a spreadsheet from nine in the morning until 6 p.m. every sodding day. And I was sat next to a man called Jason from Penniston who did impressions of Michael Barrymore every time he answered the phone. Do not tell me that riding round a profitable and beautiful farm in which you have a substantial share on a very expensive bit of farm machinery, going to the pub for lunch and spending your summers half-heartedly fighting off the sexual attentions of randy young farm workers is boring. Adam, you tedious, overprivileged bumwipe. The end. Goodness. That, that was harsh. Rough. Ooh. What an arse, honestly. I'm not going to mention uh, the little line about Brexit between Alice and, and Adam this week because um because uh, that there's no more Brexit chat coming from me. So I'm not okay. going to mention it, Lucy. What did they say? I don't even remember. Um Adam basically said, well, the he's worried about uh the pickers this year. I don't know whether any pickers will actually come. Yeah, because they'll feel <laughs> very unwelcome and Alice says, well, yeah. they best not know which way you voted then. Yes. Yeah. And can I just say Rachel Kennedy uh, well done for that tweet. Husband said, good God, are Royford and Lucy still talking about Brexit? Me, no. Rex and Pip. Well, that's very <laughs> funny. Well done. <laughs> that's it. No more political chat from me. Thank you very much, please. Now, Lucy, um, how do we feel about the portrayal of the Grundys as being wastrels yet again? Ad nauseum. Screwing what, with up. the SSSSSI? Yes. Yeah. The USSSI, yes. Well, mm. well, I think, I think what it's done is highlighted very nicely. Mm. Sorry, you probably don't want me to take this seriously, but I am good to do. No, it no, please do, please okay. do. I think that's what people like about this podcast that we can flip between serious psychological and sociological insight and then just shit as well. So we mix the whole lot up. Shit. Yeah, but, you know. Um, it highlights really nicely that the Linda Snells, who ideally want farmers to be, um, to to uh, in, in in their world they would like farmers to receive um, EU subsidies or whatever subsidies for basically growing wildflowers, allowing bees to flourish, and. Um, I don't think you know. I think we need to move away from EU subsidies. Sorry, okay, but the 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 you know the the actual point, i.e., growing crops for profit to feed mm. 
to produce an end result that feeds people and animals and blah 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 um people kind people who aren't in farming sometimes can kind of miss that kind of plot and i think it's uh you know it's like in there's an in north wales mm. the cat the council real? where we visit no not real the, the council oh, where I love we visit, they spent something like i think it was I think it was over a million pounds creating bridges for squirrels to get across the motorway. <laughs> um, Shouldn't laugh. Admittedly, but... it was supposed to be for red squirrels because they're trying to encourage them. But obviously, the grey squirrels just, you know, probably spray painted the bridge because you know what red grey squirrels are like. Um, just put, you know. Yeah, they're, they're smart, aren't they? Yeah, piss smart off red and, ag- and aggressive. Yeah. Um, and they and breed a lot. Around them, there were local hill farmers who were losing their farms. Mm. And you kind of think, I know it's a completely different budget and all that, but the, the, that Grundy's thing kind of highlighted, you know, the people like Kirsty who were who just want to go out with their camera and take photos of the pretty flowers and 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 you know and 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 bang on about diversity, biodiversity, and all that sort of thing. And then people that actually need somewhere to graze animals because the animals are going to be how they make a profit and how they eat and all the rest of it it's kind of quite it's what they'd call the archers would call it the the the, the sort of fluffy bunny brregade um yeah. i.e people but, but, like kirsty and linda but but we're supposed to believe supposed to believe that david uh the home farm bridge farm posse they can manage that balance though can't they and actually what they are are always efficient farmers that they can be they can make a profit and still be custodians yeah, of their not, land let's not forget the grundies haven't got any land it's not their land why would they be custodians of something that isn't theirs yeah but joe sees it as theirs so doesn't joe sees it as uh, morally and ethically and historically their land he does yeah but that's cuz bonkers though isn't it i mean he's always he just refuses to see what's absolutely before his mm. his 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 face. I suppose the point well, the point that there. I was trying to make is the farmers with the the yokel accents with the working class accents are, are just a bit crap. Accents. Yeah, that's the point no, I was trying Neil. to make. Neil Neil is an exemplary farmer. Yeah, but he's got no land though, has he? No, that's true. Landless. Mm. Bit like King John, lackland, landless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, I'd, well, it's 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 um right. So we dealt with that. Lily, Lily Pargett's her and her motor yeah. mouth. How do oh, we feel about that? God. Oh, it made me. I was looking murderously at the radio when that bit went on. So people always come and tell me their problems. <laughs> I don't know how because she never shuts up for long enough to actually hear anything. I seriously thought that was on one point five speed when she was talking. <laughs> It was tremendous. Uh, so bravo to the actor that that plays Lily Pardew, because that's just... <laughs> uh, Uncle David. Uncle David. She barely knows the man. I mean, they only see each other at family gatherings and she's got this kind of weird, coy relationship with him. And I think, you, do, you know, anyway. Well, they've bonded over being stuck in a little uh, metal tin for the last yeah. couple of months, haven't they? Yeah, and actually, I must admit, right? What I've always kind maybe it's because me being all West Indian and 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 the like, um, but we're very deferential to uncles and aunts, 
and and everybody's an uncle and an aunt, and you address them as such. Yeah. You know, and it's always kind of struck me that there isn't enough of that in the Archers, considering there are so many uncles and aunts. Yeah. Adam goes from calling Lillian Lillian to Auntie Lillian. Yeah. You know, flits between the two. But yes. literally, um, is about the only character that seems to address um, an aunt or an uncle actually yeah. as such. Yeah. And I just thought, you know, I just thought that was, um, I just liked that. Uh, Peter Kay that... has a lovely line about that. He said, they're not really, they're n- he's not really your Uncle Ray. He's just a man that your dad borrowed the strimmer off once. <laughs> <laughs> I had endless aunties and uncles and, you know, and my, it were not relative, fam, sort of family friends. Mm. Um, uh, Peter grew to be, about, I think he was, he's about six foot five or something. And he co- still calls my mum Auntie Diane. And she said it's ridiculous because he sort of towers over her. Oh, yeah. no, no, no. Auntie Diane. <laughs> Because, you know, it's just, that's what you do. You could, you have all your aunt, uh, people that, you know, you wouldn't, I don't know. It, I still have my godmother and I call her Auntie Jenny. I still can't call her Jenny. It feels all wrong. Yeah, no, and, and, and so it should. Um, <laughs> it's not quite the same thing, but I'm just going to just throw it in there in, into the mix because I'm still reeling from this. I had a cousin uh, descend on, uh, on our family yesterday uh, from America. And my mum said... Right, see, your cousin Faye, who I'd never heard of before, but, you know, we've got one million cousins. Uh, See, your cousin Faye is coming from America, and she's from Alaska. And I burst out laughing, and I said, Mum, don't you mean Alabama? And she went, no, Alaska. And I went, Mother, (laughs) you're completely and utterly wrong. And I was trying to think of someone else that began with a in america i don't know albuquerque just whatever she went no alaska where the penguins come from which made me laugh even more and i went you know that's antarctica don't you? She went, well i don't know where the polar bears live that's where she's from i said i think you'll find mother no black person on on the history of the planet has ever been to alaska lo and behold see yes she's from barrow in alaska in the in the arctic circle wow yeah and i just when she said this i went but like why <laughs> You know, and she, oh, Liz, it's fascinating. Like, so she's two years of the month, no son. You know, t- and just there's only 5,000 people that live in the whole village. You cannot drive from the town, from the village. You have to fly into Genuine it. Issue. Are, there, are, there any, are there any minorities there or not? Is yes, it mostly white? the pastor at the, well, the majority of people are actually native Alaskans. So the Inuit, okay. they actually okay. are Eskimos. And then, which my dad said around the dinner table. So, do you stop in any igloos? I know. <laughs> <laughs> the ignorance. <laughs> I nearly spat my chicken dinner back out laughing. She went, Glenn, that's actually really quite offensive. <laughs> oh, dinner was a hoot yesterday, I'm telling you. Oh, goodness. Yeah, so um, she, they um, she she eats whale blubber, and oh, just it, it. I'm I'm sorry to any of our listeners that are in the great state of Alaska, but northern Alaska, where there are no trees because it's that far north and is within the Arctic Circle, it just sounds incredibly harsh, a harsh environment, and uh, yeah. So she's going to do ten years. She works in social work, so she works with the Inuit there, and though she didn't say it. But um, because she was she was living in New York and then she got the job there 
um, you get paid handsomely, handsomely, and some more handsomely to do stuff like that because it's so, um, you know, unremitting. Demanding and, and people don't want to do it. Exactly. So she, so she was saying as part of her package to go there, she got two years worth of uh, rent-free housing. Ah. So everything's thrown on for you. You do yeah. your time and, and, then, and then you leave. But yeah, she just, but she said it's not that it's not that bad. And she talks about when you go to Anchorage, which is, you know, the, the largest city in Alaska and how it's, you know, balmy when you get down there. <laughs> I was like, oh, just, yeah. Anyway, so, um, hello, what, Cousin like Faye. Minus, minus 17 rather than minus 40. Well, she said a hot day, the hottest it will ever get in the summer in Barrow um, is eight degrees. And that's hot. <gasps> hot, Lucy, Hot. God. Hot. She just realised that she's here for the British uh, heat wave, doesn't she? She couldn't believe how hot Birmingham was yesterday. So, well, she better wait until Wednesday then. It's going to be about 150 billion degrees. Yeah. Well, I, I tell you, she was sweated up a storm <laughs> <laughs> yesterday. We're walking this around. Poor woman, don't tell us that. <laughs> she did. She, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm keeping it real. I'm keeping it real. Okay, she perspired up um, a treat then. But she, she said, shall I take my jacket? And I said, well, I would if I was you. You know, because I don't know what it was yesterday. I don't know, 12 degrees or something or other. She was like, I can't cope. She was just <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, should we go back onto the archers? Yeah. Right then. I love uh, the idea that you've got Alaskan relatives. That's me amazing. too, me too. She said, I, I said, come and visit. I says, you know what? I'll give it a miss, shall I? You know, <laughs> the next place you move to, I'll come visit you. Come and see me. No, <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> but thanks. <laughs> Let's go see what the great cornerinners from the Dum De Dum Globe have got to say about the last week's bit of Archer's action, shall we? Hello, Ambridge three nine six two. Abby from Brighton is first. Ooh. Hi, Royfield, Lucy, and Dumpty Dummers worldwide. This is Abby from Brighton. I'm a first-time cornerinner. So I think there's a few things I'm supposed to tell you first. I've listened all my life, which makes me a Helen, which is depressing and not great. But I've listened regularly much more recently and it makes me an Abby Tucker. In real life, I manage a funeral directors and I'm on the Twitters as at Much Ado Ambridge as I'm the madwoman who blogs about the archers and Shakespeare. I'm phoning to give you my plot prediction which is that Pip's interest in Rex will grow at a directly proportional rate to Rex's interest in Anisha. And as soon as he's finally grown a pair and he and Anisha have got together, that will be the point at which Pip jumps on him. I don't know what will happen after that. I'm hoping that it means she finally goes to Brazil, but who knows? I also wanted to say that last week you were talking about the Fairbrothers being middle-class rugger buggers, but I think of them as being the Matthews brothers. Toby is Spencer Matthews, who have made in Chelsea fame. He likes being on reality TV and shagging vacuous D-list celebrities. Rex is James, hedge fund manager and charity bore, who this very day is participating in the Society Wedding of the Year by tying the knot to owner of famous pert bottom Pippa Middleton. It seems to be a rule that the older posh brother has to be dull and dependable, which lets the younger one off the hook. I felt sorry for Toby when Pip dumped him. This lasted approximately 10 seconds, and then I remembered that he is Spencer Matthews. He is probably sporting a quiff and red chinos, and he deserves whatever he gets. 
he will thrive regardless. They always do. And with that jaunt into the strange working of my mind, I'll say bye for now. Hope you're all well and cheery bye. Abby, we need to give you a round of applause. First time caller in the room, you said everything. You hit every mark. If you were if you were on 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 strictly, we would be saying that you were a ten. Um, you hit all the marks. Um, Pip will end up with Rex, but only if Rex doesn't want her. Only if Rex wants Anisha. Yeah, I don't know. I missed the Rex and Anisha slow foxtrot this week. Did you? Yeah. You mean you missed it or you didn't hear it or you missed it because it wasn't there? Because it wasn't there. Oh, I see. Yes. Uh, yeah, well, she's just cleared off again. But yeah, um, the thing is, it's becoming quite absorbing. So they like to leave us on tenterhooks then, don't they? The little gits. Um, <laughs> I do think you're absolute. I was. Uh, my I saw my mum at the weekend and she was watching. Oh, uh, is she? She's all right. Thank you very much. Oh. Yes. Um... She was watching the, the the Pippa Middleton wedding thing. She was watching mm. the news coverage of it, and uh, and I thought all these all these all these blokes are are in the they're all in the in the the fair brethren. The fair that that wedding was full of the fair brethren, um, and they were all you know because she was remarking on how good looking they they all were. A lot of the the young blokes, and I thought, yeah, you see, you can tell they're not kind of. Um, you know, they're not in bread posh with no chins and scrapey over hair. They're, you know, <laughs> they're sort of, they're, they're made in Chelsea posh. That's exactly it, which isn't really posh, is posh, it? Posh, no. Uh, but yes, they all had the fake tan on and the, and the, and the very carefully producted hair and, uh, you know, the work, the gym bodies and all that and the carefully crafted beards and things. And I thought, yes, this is, this is sort of, we're heading into Pippin, we're heading into Rex and Toby territory here, definitely. Mm. Um, I, I, I thought um, there were some some odd garbs from some of the guests in, in that wedding but yes um, I thought that Pippa looked lovely that's all I've got to say about that <laughs> um, hmm. uh, um, I want I am now absorbed by this uh, Rex and Anisha thing I am yeah as I said last week, it's because they shouldn't be together from what from what I can, you know, what I've gleamed in my 48 years of being on this planet. You know, they're two chalk and cheese. Right. And, and also the very fact that she's um, very professional and Rex kind of isn't. And I mean that in, in the proper sense of the word. You know, she's got a career. She managed to invest heavily, uh, by all accounts, her own money into the veterinary practice to buy her out her share whereas yeah. rex is some uber lift taxi driving used farm equipment salesman you know he's all over the place and i can't imagine a woman who's got got her stuff together as much as she would would actually be into rex because he's just soft but i am absorbed by it and i want more of it i want there to be some resolution not no, not resolution i just want there to be more pacing towards the whole thing all every episode i tuned into me archers going right we're gonna have some rex and an easter action none 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 disappointed loose i care not <laughs> for triple si's you know what i want <laughs> is rex to get his leg over i really do 
I don't believe that he's got it within him. Oh, the Archer's writer is going to make me believe that such a thing can actually happen. That's what I want. Yeah, I'm listening to a lot of P.G. Woodhouse at the moment and read or read and reading a lot of P.G. Woodhouse. And uh, you always do that. Yeah. Rex is a very P.G. Woodhouse character. He's kind of quite gentlemanly. He doesn't get things and he's a proper romantic. You know, when he kind of um, when he first saw Pip, he just thought she was lovely. And, you know, she'll always be no matter what else he does, it will all lead back to Pip sort of thing. And he is a he is a proper old um, P.G. Woodhouse character i think uh but considering you read and devour all that stuff you don't mm. actually find that type of man attractive yourself do you what, uh what the t- rexy type character yeah no 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 not really no i don't know why i just don't mind you i'm not quite sure what i do what is my type because you always say it's it's boring what did you say boring white men or something well it's that nondescript you know pallid complexion type of white you mean <laughs> <laughs> well you know they always kind Compared of look a you, little pallid yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah basically yeah yeah <laughs> well i well yes i don't know mm. but probably not not. How is Exes the Dormouse these days? I've no idea. He shaved his beard off, I think. Yeah, he's or uh, grown one or something. He's done some. He's done something different facially, anyway, yeah. because he told everyone about it. But I wasn't he's, paying attention. I can't remember what it was. He's ridiculously popular on the Twitters, isn't he? <laughs> For a certain type of lady. <laughs> 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 right. Shall we move on? Have we dealt yeah, with Abby? Yeah. Yes, let's. We've dealt with Abby. Uh, Nicola Hedlam, she of the Dumpty Dum. Yes. She's a doctor, don't you know? I don't know if this is the right way to do this because I've never called in before, but I am uh, one of the conveners of Academic Archers and you are very kind to promote our conference and our amazing colleague Freya rang with our whole room Dumpty Dum from the conference. So that is me and my mum's version of a Dumpty Dum. I have a plot prediction, and I've been telling everyone that will listen on Facebook and Twitter and everywhere else my plot prediction. All this faffing around on the roads and the demise of poor Bill and all that, I think the road death is going to be Christopher Carter. Hear me out. He's been a silent for two years, as your excellent statistics show. He, um, there's been a lot of chat about how perfect he is for Alice and how marvellous it all is. And I just think, I think it's him for the chop or the, <coughs> my mum's shaking to death. Oh, it's him for the uh, road-based, uh, road-based demise. And I just wanted to put it on record. Um, thanks for all you do. Um, we, I'm, the reason I thought about ringing in is because I've been listening uh, quite religiously this year to your brilliant work. And my paper at the Academic Archers was all about the structure of the families in Ambridge and your brilliant interview last week um, seemed a bit confused about how everybody was connected. And actually, you can see it all on my YouTube channel for Academic Archers. Um, there's the session on power relations in Ambridge and the matriarchy and how everyone's connected together. There we are. Um, keep, keep, keep it up and, um, and, and see you soon. Bye. I don't know what you're a doctor of, Nicola Hedlam. But if I were you, I would have a look at your mother's chest because she sounds rough. <laughs> 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 in the background there. Um, 
at one point she did turn around in the middle of the call and go oh look she's choking or something and then just carried on it's like you about your mum say oh mum you don't need to go to A&E oh you do apparently okay right um Chris Carter will die on the road I think no I think Bill was the death I think Bill was the traffic casualty um you know we've had one death on the road haven't we we had um Mark Hebden was killed Goodness, you're going uh, back now, on the you? road but surely in a small village you wouldn't have that many sort of fatalities um and we had helen driving piss to sort of cause various people to go leaping sideways into bushes as she went roaring past mm. uh i don't think i don't think chris carter's going to die on the road i wish he would <laughs> I'm bored of him. I don't like this new Chris Carter. I was going to say they would introduce a new one and then kill him. That would Why be not? really. Why not? Classic <laughs> misdirection. Why don't you like him? Oh, I don't. He just. I mean, you don't sounds... like the new one. You just don't like his character. No, 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 no. I liked the old one. I was invested in the oh, old one. Him going off down to Southampton to save his marriage. He, well, you know, him. Wurzels, so I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> but this one just sounds too oh, i don't know i don't know you always slightly struggled to believe that alice would be with chris slightly struggled but at least they sounded the same age they I don't sound the same age I think alice is quite superficial but quite sweet and i imagine chris is cracking looking to be honest and i think well, that's probably what tipped the balance well i i don't know about that Right. I really just don't know about that. All I do know is that they sounded approximately the same age. This man sounds so much older now to me, yeah. to my ears. So it's just disconcerting can, on the on can, the old ears. And the other thing is with you Alice. Can put with a funny voice if you've got a bum like two hard boiled eggs in a wet plastic bag. You know? <laughs> Probably. But though, Lucy, serious point here now. Right. Mm. I don't really understand. And you kind of say this every week by calling Alice an astrophysicist, wedding planner, whatever else you throw on the end. Alice, it seems to me that the personality of Alice, they make up as they go along. Whereas somebody like Adam is fixed. He's actually a curmudgeon, but he, you know, he's concerned about the earth, etc., etc., blah, blah. You know, he always feels hard done by, but by whatever Brian ever says to him. And also he's jealous of his sister, Debbie. Right. Ooh, so yeah. the so the seems the, to be the, jealous of everybody. He's just that. got permanent sense of disgruntlement. Don't knock Adam. me off my point. Right. Sorry. Sorry. Okay. Great. So Adam is fixed. David fixed. Ruth fixed. All these people are fixed. Alice. They seem to make it up as they go yeah. along. Yeah. Every they, time there's a gap, Alice fills. Yeah. It. You know, whatever the plot needs, she's kind of into. Right. Now all of a sudden she's getting involved in doing the muck spreading or whatever the hell she yeah. was doing in, in the yeah. farm. She'd never been interested in the farm before, no. in the minutiae of the farm. One minute she's going to go off uh, and work for NASA in, where was it, Seattle or something or another. Do you remember she's yeah. going to go off? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it's just that, like, yeah. yeah, it's like, <laughs> you know, she got married in Vegas. It's just, yeah. when you think about it, Alice is just completely and utterly all yeah. over the place. It's Wonderland, yeah. She just, yeah, you're right. Hmm. Every time they have a gap, they need somebody to accelerate a storyline by doing a thing. Alice could do that, couldn't she? And for the most <laughs> part, they get away with it because yeah. we don't really, we, we're not really bothered about Alice. She's not really a main character. We go, okay, then that's fine. When you sit down and force a podcast about it, you go, this is bonkers. <laughs> Who is this woman? <laughs> 
Anyway, yes. just saying. Like Auntie Cardboard suddenly taking a pan gliding and everyone going, oh, okay, yeah, fine. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, that's a problem. Oh, it's Nicola, it's Claire Asprey next. <laughs> Hello Dumpty Dum, it's Claire from Clapham here. I really enjoyed Lord Louise's observation last week that Pip has never tried to think she can change Toby or stuck with it in the hope that he might change. Uh, And I think it's to do with her sort of self-absorption that she recognised that being with him is doing things to her that she didn't like uh, and therefore she's given him the heave-ho. And I think that's um, really valuable. Uh, to see. One of the things I've really enjoyed this week is Toby just being miserable um, and trying to be perked up or chivied along by various people and uh, frankly I don't see how it can ever get any worse. Would you like me to read one of your poems? Uh, It's got to be one of the best um, two-line bit of the arches I've heard in years. I laughed and laughed. Anyway, um, but the thing I would observe is that Rex is the one that has Charried along behind uh, Toby, picking up his pieces and hoping that he would change. Um, I dare say there's many a girlfriend who's done it too, but Rex seems to be the one who's doing it all the time, and he's still doing it now, um, based on him trying to get him down to the still and making the gin and blah, blah, blah. Um, And that's why I think also there is potential for Rex to pick up the pieces with Pip as well, not just because he likes Pip, but because it's a pattern of behaviour in which Toby messes something up and Rex rushes in to make it better. Uh, And I think that's incredibly bad for both Rex and Pip. That is no basis for a relationship. So I really hope that doesn't happen, Uh, but I can imagine that scenario. Uh, Also, I've enjoyed Kenton's comeuppance as well, and he's telling us from David today. So uh, well done, everyone. All the people are getting into trouble having their comeuppance. Keep up the good work. Bye. I think that line, I can't see how anything could get any worse. Would you like me to read you my poem? (laughs) (laughs) That that, That caused such a furore on Twitter. People absolutely love that. It was Adrian Watsit this week, I think. Um, mm. who wrote and there was a lot of very very funny stuff in there I thought I really liked this week um, stroking yes, a cat this... like Blofeld was, was another yeah. line as well <laughs> when she said come and say hello Brian to a cat <laughs> um, you are completely right Claire I hadn't realised Rex wants to try and fix Toby more than Pip does Pip's too self-involved to want to change anyone she doesn't really care she's just mm. as long as you know they they don't embarrass her in front of her family anymore who um, was who was that rather smart listener last week that said that it's good that Pip doesn't want to try and fix Toby she's not doing that you know archetypal female yeah. role was it Lord Louise I can't remember I, I can't Might remember but I, I thought it's a stunning bit of insight yeah. yeah but you know what Rex is his brother so yeah. I, you say, isn't that what family's all supposed to be about? Yeah. Ultimately, you know, uh, partners may come and go, uh, friends come and go, but your family, your kith and kin are always your kith and kin. And, you know, yeah. and they've got to be there to prop you up. Yeah. 
Yeah. Toby is a kind of... um, He's on a hiding to nothing, though, isn't he? And also, if Toby is like a child, if Toby is never allowed to fail properly, where nobody bails him out, he's never going to learn that the behaviour that he uses over and over again, just Mm -hmm. running away, causing a mess, getting someone else to fix it, going to the new thing, messing that up, getting someone else to fix it. He's never going to alter that pattern of behaviour if Rex is always one one step behind him with a dustpan and brush. Do you know what I mean? Hmm. So, Isn't, yeah. I, I hear that. I, I do hear that. So but... now we should play with a spoon's call because he talks about this. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. Greetings, Lucy Royfield, Yoko Bear, and all Dumpty Dumbers around the world. It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here. We're fresh from our tour of the New York Distillery in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. This distillery makes a few forms of gin and rye. It's only five years old, a lifetime for Toby. I heard a bit about gin making from the tour guide, which means I now know more about the process than does Toby. I learned that the word gin is derived from Jennifer, the Dutch word for juniper and the predecessor of gin. You probably knew that already, being part of the European Union and all. One important bit of information I learned about this New York distillery is that its owner spent two years developing the flavors for their gins, including honing their skills by going to the Blackfriars Distillery in Plymouth to do an internship. I don't recall Toby doing this in the two weeks it took for him to go from idea to market. The absurdity of it all. Speaking of absurd, Rex, this one's for you. Let's look up the word enable in the dictionary. I know some are sympathetic to the fraternal kindness that Rex showed his brother in trying to help him restart the business. But in my office, I've worked with many family members and tried to assist them in setting limits with their loser relatives. With a spoon, I'm very impressed that after a tour of, the dist- of a distillery, you can still say the word Williamsburg. <laughs> I don't think I could. I can't even say the word distillery, clearly. Um, yes, Rex is an enabler, with a spoon says, which you said you thought was a bit harsh when we talked about it earlier. Mm, yeah, well, you know, we all need support networks around us. Even the most competent of us of grown-ups have. We have moments when we wobble. And to call somebody who is your brother an enabler, per se, it's not as if, uh, Toby is 60 or like 80 and has had a whole lifetime full of failure of which his brother Rex because Rex is Rex the older one I was get this because I think Rex is the older one isn't he uh, I don't I always imagine Toby as the older one mm. oh no because he calls him big no does he call him little brother no Toby's the older one because he calls Rex little brother I okay. think all right well e- either way right you know, if they were both sat in, you know, in the nursing home and there was Toby chasing after a, um, a great granny and then there's like Rex having to mop up after him. I say, yeah, yeah that's been um, a destructive relationship that's gone. But they are in what, in their late 20s? Right. Yeah, know. but so it's been going. It's probably I mean, it's a it's such a it's such a rigid pattern now for them, clearly, that it's happened all through their lives. So that's 20 years it's been going on for. It doesn't mm. stop. Uh, OK. Right. Fair enough. But all I'm saying is, though, right, where does brotherly concern, family concern start and end and enabling start? It, it's a tricky one to call. That's all I'm saying. And and I thought the scene where Rex is basically saying, come on, Toby, let's get down to Hollow Tree. Let's, you know, whack out the old gin still and let's get going. You know what? I thought that's what I'd do for my brother. 
he's moping around, feels yeah. hard done by, his heart's been broken. I'll be dragging him down there as well. Yeah. Call that enabling. I could call that brotherly love myself. You know, if, if, if next week, the week after, the month after, Toby's still moping around and Rex is actually brewing the gin, well, okay, that's gone too far. <laughs> <laughs> but he's dragged him down there and said, and he also made the point of saying, you are on the cusp of having a successful business here. Kenton and Jolene mm-hmm. want this stuff. Well, this is where we need to do Tiffananda's email. Aye. Okay? All right. She says, hi there, Royf and Lucy, blah, blah, blah. Oh, d- uh, isn't Chris Neal just hilarious? We simply must hear him again, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I think um, we've found, you know, the problem of the uh, of the new host for Dum De Dum. So we haven't got soft. a problem with the new host because you're doing it. Oh, come on. I oh, laughed yeah. okay. like a drain. He He's is very funny. funny. <laughs> <laughs> and when he said, you know, talking about Lillian et al. And he says, yeah. you know, um, you've mistaken me for somebody who actually cares. You know, yeah. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> My well, favourite bit was when he dropped that sort of casual thing. I'd quite like a go on Tom. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, he did make me laugh. So, yes, she said, I just loved his take on the archers and his own family anecdotes, particularly the Jim Davidson one. Yes, I lost the plot when he told me that. Anyway, she says, it's been a long time since I felt the urge, but here is a plot prediction. It's not terribly exciting, but so blindingly clear the script writers are deeply hinting that Rex will be coming to the fore and rescue not only Toby's gin business and take over his job at the bull as Toby predictably slopes back to Brighton. But Rex makes a good profit and is able to reimburse Pip and Kent and their investments, which in turn makes Ruth and David happy. While Rex's backbone is developing alongside his self-respect, he has the confidence to start a proper relationship with Anisha, leaving Pip pining for what might have been if she'd opted for the sensible choice. Then we listeners will be eternally subjected to a will-they-won't-they scenario. I think that is excellent. Mm. I can't really see how he's going to make that much profit that he's able to reimburse Kenton. But he's careful though, isn't he? He's careful. Yeah, he won't overpromise. He's a startup, and as Witherspoon said in his call, he's mm. just been to the tour, and it took them, oh god, years before they they did research for sort of three years before um, uh, before they um, before they sort of got anywhere at all, made any headway at all. And uh, Toby's been doing it for all of about you know a month and a half, and he's and he's confidently expecting. A million pound turnover so i it was it, that that's sort of unlikely but i do think that um there is something to be said for for him you know taking over toby disappearing and him taking over the uh the the the, the businesses scruff gin scruff gin mm. yeah and and his job at the bull as well mm. i think that's a jolly good plot prediction hmm yes well well done, well done, Mrs. for the email. Did we get any other emails this week? No. Well, unless you haven't sent them to me, which is... uh, no. Whatever email that came through to Dum Dum did get passed on to your to your person. Lucy. Right, excellent. Right, and that's it. Now, uh, is there anything you'd like to say um, about me or the state of the world or what any more archers chat? Fair enough. All right, let's have an ad break. <laughs> Sorry. I'm going to have a cup of 
Camp Coffee. Uh, what is your beverage of choice? Today it is sparkling water. Nice. I love a bit of sparkling water. Mm. Wakes your mouth up. Yeah. Sal Pellegrino. It does. It refreshes the palate. Yeah. Mm. After thinking about Lucy's palate, I'm going to then speed on to uh, say... Oh, I've something good happened today. Awesome. Go on. I like good news. I was in the shower. Oh, dear. And a sticker dropped off my bottom. And I looked at what it said. <laughs> and it said, Class A. <laughs> I don't know where it had come from. I don't own any knickers that count as Class A. But anyway, it just amused me that I had a Class A bottom, apparently. <laughs> and if you can't have a Class... If you, someone can't tell you that you have a Class A bottom at 8 o'clock on a Monday morning, then, you know then when can they? It's a very good time to find out you've got a class A bottom, however erroneous. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to come back the other side after we've listened to some track. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Sales for some stuff, the odd advert, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see you then. In an uncertain world, there is always music which can be listened to in good company. Welcome to Friday 15, the show where we speak to friends and interesting people to the backdrop of great tunes and allocate 15 minutes to both. I mean, I was eight years old, interesting, the same age as the uh, Dragon King's daughter when she comes out of the sea. But um, well, what was happening to me when I was eight years old was that I was at the hands of a paedophile in, um, in a classroom for a year. And... Awesome. Yeah. Um, for me... I well, and I think the reason that I somehow managed to to win in the end is that for me it's about an economy of the three things that bring a song together. Catch up with me speaking to friends and interesting people every Friday afternoon on Friday Fifteen, which you can get, of course, from a podcatcher of your choice. Hello, I'm Lucy, and this is Walkie Talkie. I walk my dog, Basil, 
uh, pretty much every day in a foresty bit of London. Um, I have been doing so for about four years and I meet people that, as a dog walker, you talk to people. Um, if your dogs get on, you tend to just, you say, which way are you going? Can I come with you? And you just sort of amble along and you can end up having the most extraordinary conversations. Partly because uh, you are walking side by side and facing front, so there's no embarrassing eye contact. If things get a bit heavy, if someone starts talking about something that they find emotional or difficult, then you can always divert your attention onto the dogs and relieve the tension a little bit. We've seen, as a group of dog walkers, we've seen um, people get pregnant, have children. We've seen people whose dogs have become ill and died and the owner says, oh, I can never have another one and then in a couple of months time they appear with a puppy and everyone's delighted to see them and um, we've seen people's marriages break down, new romances start. It's a lovely way to start your morning. It never fails to give me something, something nice to think about, something interesting to think about even if it's not nice and having a dog is a sort of a, a universality really. The people aren't all like me as I hope you'll realise over the course of the series. Leading up to the 1860 election, in walks a gentleman by the name of Abraham Lincoln, who is the Republican candidate. The Republicans to the South represent the ending of slavery. And Lincoln, despite the fact that his sentiment was always in the beginning to preserve the Union rather than to abolish slavery, becomes the lightning rod of anti-Southern sentiment. And he ends up winning the election in 1860 with no support from the South. The Guardian, Manchester, Tuesday, November 20th, 1860. Summary of news, foreign. The details respecting the presidential election furnished by the New York journalist, not complete, but they not only assure us of Mr. Lincoln's election, but show that the Republican Party has obtained far more than the requisite number of votes for his return. It is calculated that New York, Pennsylvania, the New England states, New Jersey, and the Northwestern states give him 171 electoral votes, or 19 more than the majority required for the election, the total number of electoral votes being 303. It is not improbable, too, that this majority may be further swelled by the result of the elections in the Pacific states of Oregon and California. We have no account of the manner in which the Southerners have received the intelligence of Mr. Lincoln's election. The next advices will no doubt be filled with fierce Southern declamations and protest, but it is not very likely that any Southern states will do anything 
mirror than talk loudly about succession. Listen to the first show exclusively on Mixcloud today and subscribe to us on iTunes from Washington to Obama. 10 American Presidents, the new podcast from Royfield Brown. Hello, Dunce to Dummit, Joe Bear here calling with a social media roundup. I've started off uh, this week, we're talking about um, David's Taste in Music, Smoke on the Watergate, as, uh, as I've dubbed it. Karen Cunningham said, it made my ears hurt. Isn't there a movie where it's banned from being played by guitar wannabes in music shop? Can't we extend this to contemporary dramas? in a rural setting too. Uh, well, Karen actually, um, I think it's pointed out, that Stairway to Heaven, but I'm sure it could be extended, yes. Um, some people liked it though. Anthony Ogden said, no complaints from me. I was suddenly more keen on him for having similar taste and Chris Sutherland thought it was a timeless classic. Um, we also had a little bit of a, a mini thread as a burnt appreciation thread. And I think Mike Hatton summed it up perfectly when he wrote a Bert-style poem. Um, there was an old farmhand called Bert, who was treated by his tenant like Bert. He left his abode and went down the road and spent the night in Kate's yurt. Ooh, uh. Um, Julia Faisal Chapman also thinks that Bert deserves a damn knighthood for putting up with Toby. More on Toby in a bit. Um, we also um, talked about that that episode, which was all about the the speed watch um, orientation class. I thought that was some of the best script writing we've seen in ages. But Claire Asprey wasn't entirely sure. Said mm, it was a bit of both for me. Yes, it's great to hear those realistic, boring village meetings. But ye gads, who wants to listen to boring village meetings in their spare time? Um, but Jessica Dysel said. We have all been to them, uh, to those kinds of meetings, so it was nice to hear it so realistically done. Um, Terry Gardner also said, what an odd situation for Brian to find himself in. I loved it. Yes, I'm loving the whole kind of Brian having to make amends through Speedwatch. It's a great plot line. I love it. Um, we also talked a little bit about whether Rex should help Toby out. Or is he just enabling Toby to carry on being more rubbish? Um, Connie Nolan had some very strong views. Toby is a git, but he's still Rex's brother. Sounds like Toby is very down over Pip dumping him. Maybe Rex can help Toby reflect on how his behaviour could be modified. Um, yeah, I think that's true up to a point. But I think the problem is, is that, you know, at his core, Toby is a bit, well, you know... Toby. How much can he change? I don't know. Um, Tom Williams said, as much as I hate Toby, I can understand Rex's brother, uh, Rex's behaviour. It's what brothers do. Um, also as well, Claire Asprey again said, um, don't do it. How codependent is that relationship? Well, do you know what? I kind of agree and kind of disagree on that one. I think Toby is actually more codependent on Rex, but doesn't realise it. Um, I think Rex is finding his own way in the village, and I, I think their relationship's changed. 
um, somewhat. So, there you go. Um, we also had a bit of a discussion about whether people in the village should just stop moaning. Like Tom doing his whole, oh, I'm going to be single forever, and Toby and the breakup. Um, Leslie Greaves, I thought, made a really good point. Uh, when they said, whatever, whatever people say about Peggy, she has backbone, stiff upper lip, etc. She's sad about Bill, but she just gets on with burying him. There's a lot to be said for those old values. Yeah, do you know what? I think that's true. I think there's a marked difference, isn't there, between the kind of stoicism of the older generation and some of the younger generation. So I think that's, that's, um, that's a thing. We also talked a lot, I mean a lot, about the breakup between Pip and Toby. I think most people, um, most people actually were going, yay, a little bit, or quite a lot. Um, but Terry Gardner said, what Bert, what Bert said, uh, things can't get worse. <laughs> Do you want me to read, uh, read my poem? That was pure gold. Yeah, I absolutely love that. And again, I think for me, it's been a bit, a bit of a Burt Fry week, so I kind of like that. But there's tons of stuff, and there's stuff on the forum as well, but I'm running out of time. Um, so go and have a look at the forum, have a look on the Facebook page. Lots of stuff to talk about, so please post. Yay, that's me done for this week. Okay, bye. Thank you for that, King of the Yokels, Mr. Yokel Bear. Um, Lucy. Yeah, off. <laughs> Yay, us. Um, can you hit us with some tip-top tweet action? I can. Paul Salotti. This is the conversation between Miranda and Justin about the divvying up of the property. Miranda, I want Park Lane Hotel, the house in Mayfair, Liverpool Street, <laughs> all the yellow ones, and your get-out-of-jail-free card. Very good punnage here from Andrew Thatcher. Uh, those silly China figures um, mm. Justin said oh they remind me of us in our own little rural idyll and he just put idyll end in tears very good mm. and true John Reed Justin what a magnificent pair Lillian thank you and what do you think of these porcelain figurines <laughs> oh. uh, Sam Mary D Mark 2 said Christine only has to look at Bill's litter tray to well up have you thought of giving it a wash, Peggy? <laughs> <laughs> um, Salvatore Rosa had Fabrice confirms his partner has no desire for a pussy. I think you're absolutely right. And tweet of the week <laughs> from Red Sky at Night. For a moment there, I genuinely thought Amir and Aziz were a couple of traffic house boys. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> oh dear. I am enjoying very much the conversations between uh, Justin and Miranda about the divvying up of the things and all the things they have. What will we do with the ha At least if I ever split up with Simon, it would be very easy. We could say, <laughs> you have one armchair, I'll have the other one, and that's about it. There would be no houses in Courcheval that we have to, you know, worry about, or um, one of us could have the dog, one of us could have the cat. Easy peasy. I'm sure you have a few more things of at you least sentimental have, worth. Race horses or other homes or Yeah, but there's gonna be things of a sentimental ilk though, aren't there? Lots of businesses to do. Anyway, I don't even want to talk about this. I don't want to talk about you oh, and the father of your children splitting up. That's just not nice talk. 
Sorry. Let's leave this Sorry. stuff for the drama. Real life stuff. Okay. No siri, Bob. Okay. Right. No, but I was just thinking, though. It's a good job. Yes, you're in love. No, good job that I don't have anything. Dumdydum.com, folks. Can I just say, Lucy? Yeah. Our listeners are a wonderful yes. bunch of people. I know. No, you're going to start talking about maps, aren't you? No. Actually okay. not. Yes, they are. I'm going to talk about uh, the fact that I said, please get ye, get ye ass down to the forum and oh, breathe some they? life into it. My God. There's about oh, 20 new threads down there. So oh, thank you, everybody that's good, good. gone down thank there. Thank you. You know, and um, dumdydum.com is looking like um, there is some life uh, being breathed into into the thing. Dumdy dogs, mogs all over the place. Uh, so uh, Cosmo's been doing a sterling job. But also people have been pitching in on the forum. So so well done to you all for that. Um, tractor, go there. It's, uh, it's a place where you can uh, pin yourself to a map of, of the world. And we all know how I love a map. And um, hopefully, wherever you pin yourself to, there's somebody relatively close by um, who's also pinned themselves to the map. And you can say, hmm, I should contact this person and maybe go and have a coffee with them and talk about the archers. Go talk about Pip and Rex or something or another. So that's what Tractor's there for, folks. And Tractor helps helps people sort out sort out meetups as we said before and um and at this point i need to mention mia fox and a dumby dum meetup which is happening tomorrow which is the 23rd of may at the tyneside cafe bar in newcastle so get yourself down there if you're in the northeast of, of the united kingdom for some archers banter and fun again it's at the tyneside cafe bar it's at 7 p.m tomorrow that's may 23rd it's a tuesday get your bum down there and meet some other archers and dumpty dum fans now um map of the week i had quite a few maps this week lucy mm-hmm. right good i'm not gonna rattle through everybody that sent through a map though there were some corkers also good what you know you do the same shtick every week oh this is so <laughs> boring blah 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 i'm gonna disparage royfield and the fact that this is what the listeners want all this stuff about the arch is just incidental. You know, it, it, it's map-de-map. That, that's really what this <laughs> podcast is. <laughs> you know. But Tom Bodger managed to dig out Lucy. That is a made-up name. Well, whatever. Don't deflect me from this because it's map of the week. Tom Bodger uh, dug out a 1975 map of Ambridge. Right, so... But what I love about this map, it isn't just, well, here's a map of Ambridge and it was done in 1975, because you say, well, so what? But what this person has done, it's, ba- it's called 25 Years of the Archers, because obviously by then the Archers been been on, uh, been on there for 25 years. But it goes back to the late 19th century, 1930, 1970, and shows you how the land holdings have changed. So you've got the Ambridge estate, in the late 19th century, basically taking uh, the whole of the village. Then you've got, um, in 1930, Mr. Fairbrother buys half of the Ambridge estate. Then you've got uh, Jack Woolley by 1970 that takes the eastern part. It's absolutely fascinating. So that was a stunning map, sir. And it's not only a map, but absolutely on point because it's about the archers. So well done. 
Tom Bodger for your 1975 map of, of Ambridge, which shows the historical uh, property holding changes. 10 out of 10 for being relevant, Tom. 1 out of 10 for it being a map. Oh, shush, there we go. Shush. <laughs> Great content. Well done, sir. Um, now, Luce. Yes. How many ways? Two. There? there are two ways. Two ways, Royfield. Two. I know this one. Go on, then. If you'd like to help keep our little show on the road, there are two ways this can be done. You can donate by hitting the donate button on the site, or you can Patreon us at patreon.com. Oh, yes, you can. Remember to get in contact with us. You can send us a voice message via speak pipe on our site. Now, according to Witherspoon, there's some, some update which has rendered speak pipe a bit iffy. Now, I just put that down to user incompetence myself. No offence. <laughs> no offence, Witherspoon. <laughs> I haven't heard anybody else say the same thing. But, yeah. So, watch out for your updates because it could send it up the fritz. But if your update does mean that you cannot speak pipers from your laptop... No, you can do. Call us from a phone, which is 0203031305 to leave us a message on that implement. On Twitter, you can find us both where we're at Dum-de-dum and I am at Royfield. Harry is at Sandbridges on the Book of Face. Uh, you can find, if you type in Dum-de-dum, a whole milieu of uh, archers, obsessed fans who um, kind of post and comment on whatever... Millie Bell and Yokel Bear post there, and it's jolly good fun. Ah, Lucy. Mm. I feel that's been like a rather quick and tight show. Do you like it hard and fast? Because that's what this episode's been hard and fast. (laughs) A little bit longer than three minutes, but definitely fast. This has felt that way, hasn't it? Well, that's a personal best for you, anyway, Roy. Hey! Longer than three minutes. Yes, I think it was very good, and I liked the calls, and I, ve- I just very much enjoyed this week on The Archers, really. I liked Hilda Ogden. That was it. How meta was all of that? I know, I know. One of the script writers have no... She gets an another one utter... now, calls it Peggy Mitchell. That will be... <laughs> no, <laughs> no sorry, no, Stan, one. Stan, we won't... We... <laughs> because yeah. Yeah, Hilda was always talking about her pussy, wasn't she? No, that was Mrs. Slocum on... No, um... no, no. Hilda did. Hilda used... Somebody please tell me that I'm wrong. But Hilda Rogdon used to mention her her pussy. She did. Right. I think so. I'm going to have to Google that now. You put doubt in my mind. Don't, don't Google Hilda Rogdon's pussy for crying oh, out loud. Oh, dear. Yeah. Um, but I thought, that was, I thought that was lovely. And I really liked the kind of the little... Because everyone always says, how come people in soap operas never watch soap operas or never listen to soap operas? And now for the first time, we had an example of, although it, it was, no one said, oh, Hilda Ogden from Coronation Street. They all just went, oh, right, Hilda Ogden. Okay. And <laughs> no one batted an eyelid. But, you know, it's, uh, it was, it, I think it was really lovely. I really like that. There's something about it that's immensely appealing. A, having a cat called Hilda Ogden and B, that it's vile. I really, mm. I just really enjoyed that. I thought it was great. Hilda Ogden's and... cat was called Rommel. Rommel? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the thing she's best known for, Hilda, was her singing, which is rather yes. like mine. So I always have a fondness for Hilda Ogden's appalling voice. And um, and her muriel that she'd yes. drawn on, which she had a muriel on the wall. Yeah. Um, 
uh, I very much also liked Miranda and um, Lillian. That kind of very frosty uh, conversation about um, about Justin and, um, and 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 who was getting what and and her attitude to the to the to the divorce and also that she said when you marry the mistress you create a vacancy yes and it's that's so true uh and you could see that doubt straight away in uh in lillian's mind mm. you know i thought but know, she did it twice you know matt was married true that she's got former our lillian hasn't she yeah um i actually thought that there was um kind of a grudging respect between the mm. pair of them yeah wasn't there yeah you know that they were you know and i must admit you know miranda fair play you know to turn up there and whatever yeah. go, you know what i'm just going to face this down don't care yeah. right yeah. and for lillian to let her in the door etc et and then get her wrapping everything up yeah I, i'm no good at i've never been any good at chores <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> as if you know and Lillian's sitting there, you know, like she's wrapping up chips, you know, in a wrapping up these vases in a in a bit of newspaper. Mm. Are you sure you haven't got any bubble wrap? You know, it's just it's great, beautiful, beautiful writing. Yeah, it um, was, it was, it was, it was. And it was very, it was, it was sort of Mapp and Lucia as well. It was kind of um, uh, two very strong women who were used to getting either directly or indirectly what they want. Um you know, and sort of, and you think Justin isn't worth a candle of light to either. It couldn't hold a candle to either of you. To be I honest. don't know about that. I think Miranda's a, a frightful piece of work. Not normally. Oh no, no, no. She's not pleasant. But I'd have either of them running a business. You mm. know, that sort of level of well, bloody hell, what am I saying? Lillian's supposed to be running a business. She just isn't. Don't you think we should have put this chat into the main body of the show? I'm sure we will, Royfield. There's going to be many, many a listener who won't have listened to this because they tune out as soon as the map talk comes in. They're like, oh, that's it. I'm off. That's it. Dum Dum's over for me this week. There's gold. Gold well, right at the end, the, Lucy. Put it in the bit then. Put it in the middle. Put it in the bit. Put it in the middle. Put this bit in the middle. Yeah, but if I then do that, it... Well, the... I'll have to edit out this bit where we're talking about exactly. putting it in the middle. Mm. Oh, it's a hard life, isn't it, Royce? It is. Right, and on that note... <laughs> round about the uh the 58 minute recording mark uh lucy um... cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue also you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states united healthcare short-term insurance plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage for you learn more at uh1.com Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Yeah. This is the time when I say, is there anything else you'd like to say before we sign off? No, I am spent. <laughs> <laughs> awesome.